Welcome to the St George's Leeds Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy the talk. The reading today is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 19 to 24. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is a lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you very much, Laura. Um, Well, as Hannah said, my name is Lizzie Wolfe. I'm the rector here at St. George's. And over the past couple of weeks, we've been thinking about our community life here at St. George's and different ways that we can all get involved. Eve, our clergy lead for St. George's, spoke about prayer and then about serving. And today we are talking about money and giving. Now, we often refer to pray, serve, give as three ways to get involved at St. George's, which they are. But they are also ancient Christian practices, practiced in Christian communities all around the world. Praying, serving, and giving are wonderful discipleship tools which help us to grow in our relationship with God. Most of us deal with money every day. We buy things, we make budgeting decisions about what we can afford or what we can't afford. Maybe we earn money, save money, claim benefits, pay taxes. But we're not always comfortable talking about money, especially in church. Jesus talked about money a lot. So I think it's important that we get over any sense of awkwardness and see what he has to say. Today we are looking at a famous piece of teaching known as the Sermon on the Mount. In this passage, Jesus talks about what we treasure and he asks a key question. Where do we store our treasure? On earth or in heaven? Now, these verses are sometimes misunderstood, so I'm going to start by mentioning three things that they don't mean. So, three things they don't mean. Number one, they don't mean that all Christians have to give away everything they own. 
There is actually only one recorded case of Jesus telling someone to do that. That was the rich young ruler in Mark chapter 10. And there are several examples in the Bible of wealthy followers of Jesus. Joseph of Arimathea, who gave Jesus his tomb. Uh, in Luke chapter 8, we read about Joanna, Susanna, and some other women who supported Jesus out of their own means. And very probably, Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council that we read about in John chapter 3, would have been a wealthy man. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 17 says, God richly provides everything for our enjoyment. So we're allowed to have things and we're allowed to enjoy them. Second thing these verses don't mean is that it's wrong to make money. Some people are called to make large amounts of money for the kingdom of God. Years ago, many years ago, when I was still a lawyer, I was invited to a major donors meeting at my then church. There was a financial crisis, and so they gathered about 40 or 50 of us to talk things through. Right at the end, a quiet, middle-aged man who I didn't recognize said something I've never forgotten. He said, it's the greatest privilege of my life to fund this vision. That's the reason I work so hard. Other generations would have loved this opportunity, but God has given it to us. At Holy Trinity Ball Lane, we are specifically reaching out to those who work and make their money in Leeds City Centre. 60,000 people, approximately, work within a 10-minute walk of that building. And we now have midweek services before work, during lunch breaks, and after work. Part of the vision of Holy Trinity is to share Jesus with those who don't yet know him. But we also want to help Christians to make connections between their faith and their work to know that their work is meaningful and important to God. Third thing these verses don't mean is that it's wrong to save. About 20 years ago or so, St. George's sold the land that's at the bottom of our steps to some property developers, and they built St. George's Centre and the flats above. Some of the money that the church got from that deal was given away, but most of it was saved, and it's what we now call our reserves. Within the reserves, the PCC have designated some different funds. There's a strategic mission fund. We gave 50,000 pounds from that fund to each of our church plants, to St. Paul's Island Wood, and more recently to St. Peter's Bramley. And the 60,000 pounds startup money that we gave to Lighthouse also came from there. That fund is empty now. Some of you will remember our last gift day when Eve illustrated our church finances with blackcurrant squash in different pots and she drank the squash in the Strategic Mission Fund to show that we've spent it all now on some wonderful strategic mission initiatives. 
Another fund in the reserves is our repair and replacement fund. That's for the upkeep of our buildings and equipment. Minor day-to-day -day repairs are paid for out of our main budget, but money for bigger things comes from this fund. Things like our new disabled access list and our new chairs. Now that fund is going down too, but there is still enough for a few more years. It's been a huge blessing, and it means that when you and I give to St George's, it doesn't go on the building. It goes directly to mission and ministry. So I think that's enough about what these verses don't mean. Let's think now about what they do mean. We're going to divide our passage up into three sections and look at each section in turn. In our first section, which is verses 19 to 21, Jesus tells us to make sure our treasure is stored in heaven, not on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Essentially, he's taking a stand against the earthly values of materialism and consumerism. Now, these values are everywhere in our world. It is really easy to get caught up in them, sometimes without even realizing it. But Jesus is clear this is not the best way to live. And these verses hint at two reasons, our security and our hearts. Both are really important, so we're going to spend a moment looking at each one in turn. So let's think first about security. <coughs> Money promises security, and it is very helpful to have some savings for emergencies. But ultimately, if we're looking to money for our security, it's a false promise. Earthly wealth is always precarious. We can lose our money overnight, as many people have discovered. As it says in our passage, money and earthly treasure can be destroyed or stolen. Many people worry constantly about money. Either we worry that we don't have enough, which is a very real concern with the current cost of living crisis, or we worry about how to keep what we already have. Jesus is the only one who can provide true security, whatever the situation. He is faithful and true. He loves us, and he cares about all the details of our lives. He doesn't promise that things will be easy, but he does promise that he will never leave us. True security isn't found in money. It's found in Jesus. So that was security. Let's think now about our hearts. Jesus says that our hearts follow our treasure. Verse 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If we store up money and possessions on earth, our hearts will be bound up with these things. As John Stott puts it, materialism tethers our hearts to earth. 
But if we choose to use our money to invest in the kingdom of God, our interest in the kingdom starts to grow. And that draws our hearts towards the king, towards Jesus. In church, we tend to think that commitment leads to giving, and often it does. But this passage alerts us to another reality, which is just as important. Giving leads to commitment. In the second part of our passage, if we move on now to look at verses 22 to 23, Jesus makes a similar point. Whatever we fix our eyes on, whatever we make our treasure, will affect our whole lives. What are your eyes fixed on? What story would your bank account tell about what's most important to you? Or to think of it another way, what do you dream of? Perhaps the latest tech, a new car, a little place by the sea, nothing wrong with any of those things per se. But maybe your eyes are fixed on some kingdom dreams. At St. George's, our eyes are fixed on some pretty big kingdom dreams. We dream of children and young people across our city knowing they're loved by Jesus and growing up to reach their potential. We dream of revival amongst the 70,000 students in Leeds. We dream of a city where the poor have dignity and refugees are welcomed. We dream of flourishing churches in every neighborhood so that everyone has the opportunity to come to know Jesus for themselves. One of the ways that you can get involved in these kingdom dreams is by giving money. Often people have an area of church life that they're particularly involved in, but when you give financially, you give to the whole vision. Now, I know that many of you here give very generously to St. George's, and I want to say thank you so much. Every gift is valuable and important, and we couldn't do it without you. Now that our volunteer teams are so big, we need staff to lead our ministries with children, young people, and students to organize and to support our wonderful volunteers. That costs money. We love what God is doing amongst the homeless through our mission partners in St. George's Crypt and Lighthouse. It costs money. Planting churches involves giving away both people and money. Now, I don't know about you, but I am really excited to be part of this. I love our vision to preach Jesus, make disciples, serve the city, and send out leaders. I love being part of a big church with a really diverse congregation and lots and lots of different things going on. I love hearing the stories of what God is doing amongst us. And yet, sometimes, even if I've decided that I do want to give, it takes me a long time to actually make the bank transfer or set up the standing order. And that is where the third and the final part of our passage comes in. So if we move on to the third section now, in verse 24, Jesus says, 
No servant can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, words like love, hate, devoted, despise, they're not normal commercial language. They're words of emotion and relationship. And that's the point. Jesus says money is not a neutral medium of exchange. It's a rival God with spiritual power. Money can be an idol, inspiring devotion and demanding sacrifice. We think we own it, but it can end up owning us. John D. Rockefeller, one of the richest people in history, was once asked, how much money does it take to make someone happy? And he replied, just a little bit more than he has. So today, I want to offer three suggestions to break the spiritual power of money in our lives. First one, pray. If money has spiritual power, then prayer is our most powerful weapon against it. So if we have money, let's thank God for it regularly. If we need money, let's bring our needs to God, trusting him to provide. If we're managing money, let's ask God to help us and guide us so we make wise, godly decisions. If we're giving money, let's offer it as part of our worship, asking God to use it for his glory. So that's the first thing, pray about money. Secondly, find support. If money is a spiritual battleground, we need people who will stand with us, encourage us, and hold us accountable. Now, I am not suggesting that you share the details of your bank account with everyone. But do you maybe have one friend who you trust enough that you could talk to them about your money? Or maybe could you ask your small group to pray for you? I have one friend who found it very difficult to spend any money on herself, to the extent that she didn't always eat properly. We prayed together that God would help her to manage her money in a godly way. Now, she is still very frugal and she gives a lot away, but she has learned that it's important to look after herself as well. I had another friend who really struggled with consumerism. It came to a head when she bought a brand new car that she loved, but she couldn't afford. We prayed together that God would help her to manage her money in a godly way. And eventually, after many tears, the car went back to be replaced by a less glamorous but much more affordable second-hand model. At St. George's, we have several people in the congregation who are trained and experienced in helping people to manage debt. If that's something that would be a blessing to you, then you can have a word with me after the service or you can email the office and we can put you in touch. We also do have a financial hardship fund for those in particular financial need and you can find the details of that on our website under the giving page. Talking about money can be difficult, 
but it's a spiritual issue and we need to help and support each other. The third thing is to give. Generous, cheerful giving is one of the most effective ways of breaking the power of money. Richard Foster, in his book, Money, Sex and Power, says this, if we take the biblical witness seriously, it seems that one of the best things we can do with our money is to give it away. The reason is obvious. Giving is one of our chief weapons in conquering the God mammon. Now, other churches are available, but if you are part of St. George's and you would like to start giving financially, you can find all of our details on our website. Standing orders are particularly brilliant. They are really easy to set up online. All you need are St. George's bank details and you can get them from the website. You're totally in control of it. You can change the amount, you can cancel it whenever you want but they really help our finance team to plan ahead. Now, it's important to say that we do understand giving money is not always possible. For example, asylum seekers, including many of our Farsi brothers and sisters, live on 47 pounds per week. They can't give money, but they give to our community in many other valuable ways. But for most people, giving financially is a really important discipleship tool. It's not about the size of the gift. It's about our hearts and who we're choosing to serve. No gift is too small to matter. If you can afford to give five pounds a month, and you do, God will honor that. I remember one gift day, again, this was many years ago, and I turned up to church having already decided to give what I thought was a very generous amount. During the worship, I felt that God was nudging me to increase the gift very slightly. I worked it out afterwards, and the increase was about 2%. So if it had been a 100 pound gift, which it wasn't, God was saying 102. Now for some reason, this threw me into a panic. I think I must have been on the tipping point of an amount that I felt in control of and something that required trusting God. For whatever reason, that extra 2% was a real struggle. Now, looking back, I don't really think that the amount made that much difference to God. But he cared about my heart. He wanted to help me to break free from materialism and the power of that rival God, Mammon. Now, in a moment, we are going to pray together. God is here now by his Holy Spirit. He cares about all of us, whatever our story, whatever our current financial situation. He is the one who brings security. He is the one who provides for all our needs. He gave us Jesus, and he pours out his love into our hearts by his Holy Spirit. Jesus is trustworthy. 
He wants to help us to be devoted, wholehearted disciples who store up our treasure in heaven. Thank you for listening to the St George's Lead Sermon Podcast. For more talks or information, visit stgs.org.uk.